morning. Thank you in Jesus' name this morning. Grace unto you, peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 2. It's good to be back. Gone for two Sundays, seems like it's been a long time. We got to see some country, some beautiful country, and we got to see some family and relax and charge your batteries. And it's good to be home again. This morning, continue my study in Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. It's been a little bit of time since we've been in here. There have been other events that have taken place, and I have done other messages, but we're going to come back to the seventh beatitude, and that is found in Matthew 5, 9. It would be interesting to know what you think of peacemakers. Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Sunday school lesson this morning, you were dancing all around my message. And hopefully, this message can be an inspiration to you as it was to me as I was studying. Let's look at the definition of peacemaker. This person who brings about peace, especially reconciling the adversary. Sometimes we hear the word being used on national levels. There's a country that's trying to help other countries to come to peace with each other. And speaking of that, this past week, there's a meeting what they call the G20. And there's multiple world leaders that are getting together to discuss issues and certain things that are top on their agenda and they want to discuss it and, and do it peacefully. It was interesting though to note that when that was taking place that outside that meeting there was demonstrations being held and it was everything but peaceful. Does that sound like peace to you? You see, the world's peace is a compromised peace. You give, and I give, and we, we meet in the middle, and we tolerate it. Is that true peace? We'll touch on that a little bit later. I have six points in my message relating to peacemaking. But before I get into my points, I want to clear up some misconceptions of peacemaking. Peacemaking is not the absence of conflict. Sometimes when you're trying to make peace, there will be somewhat of a conflict. Avoiding strife never leads to peacemaking. If we ignore the problem, we will only deal with the uninvitable later. A person who glosses over a problem and acts as if nothing is wrong and everything is all right, that too is not peacemaking. 
I like in the, I like the example of it's a word we don't like to hear, but it's the word cancer. You know, it can start out as a small spot. And if it's not taken care of, it'll grow and it'll continue to grow. And something's going to happen regardless. You're either going to get rid of it or it's going to destroy you. The meaning of peacemaking. A working definition of peacemaker is someone who's actively seeking to reconcile people to God and to each other. Peacemaking is also a compound word. Peace and maker. In the Hebrew word, peace means shalom. This word shalom is often used as a greeting or a departing word just like we do hello and bye. And I remember that when we were traveling over in the Middle East. Oftentimes we were greeted by shalom and when we'd leave, shalom. And with this meaning, this word being used by them, it would have the, the bearing the meaning of peace and prosperity. So in other words, I greet you, I, I wish the best peace and prosperity on you. As you leave, peace and prosperity follow you. The word make, maker, it comes from a Greek verb and it means to do or to make. And it's a word that's filled with energy and it mandates action. Notice that in this beatitude, Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peace wishers or the peace hopers or the peace dreamers or the peace lovers or the peace talkers blessed are the peacemakers peace mandates is made to make peace put these two words together and you need to pursue peace sometimes peacemaking may bring conflict or strife it's not that we are trying to meet in the middle or find common ground, but that we embrace God's kingdoms and God's value and we find reconciliation. James 3.18 And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace to them that make peace. Second point to making peace is the model of peace. And that is Jesus Christ. Peacemaking is a divine work, and God is the author of that peace. And Jesus is our supreme peacemaker, and he is that perfect example. Jesus came to establish peace. His message explained peace. His death purchased peace, and his resurrection enabled peace. In Isaiah 9:6, the messianic prediction also mentions it as him being the prince of peace. Luke 2.14 The angels announced Jesus' birth. Glory to God on the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. John 14.27 Just before he was crucified he said, Peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but I unto you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus' peace obviously is different than the world's peace. Luke 24:36. he meets the disciples in the upper room and says, Peace unto you. Jesus' life was filled with the message of peace. To the common people, it may have seemed that this peace was displayed. But when it came to the religious rulers of that day, the religious leaders, it didn't seem like it was very peaceful. Because there was conflict. There was a conflict of interest. Jesus' kingdom values were different than their values. They were more entertained by keeping the law. All the perfect examples are dots and tittles of the law. And there was a conflict. So some, sometimes it seemed like the interaction between Jesus and, the, and the, high, or the, the, the rulers of that day was not as peaceful. And one example I thought of was when he was throwing out the uh, leaders that were in the temple uh, exchanging money, making, making it a place of business. Seemed a bit harsh, but he did it. In fact, Jesus' life and ministry was so saturated with bringing peace of God to us, he paid an enormous price for us to experience that peace. It is interesting, too, that the same word peacemaker used in Matthew 5 was also applied by Paul to what God had done through Christ that we could have peace with him. Colossians 1.20 And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Ephesians 2.15 having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandment contained in the ordinance, for to make in himself was twain one new man, so making peace. Jesus knew us as human beings. He knew the gravity that we would, the problems that we would face. So therefore, shedding his blood on the cross, he made it possible for us to experience that peace for you and me. Reflect back to the time that you gave your heart to the Lord. That washing away, I thought of the example of Pilgrim's Progress. There were pilgrims coming to the, the gate and working his way through, gets to the cross and his burden is dropped. Everything is he experienced a peace. Jesus is our supreme example in bringing peace in our hearts, in our relationships, in our churches, our nations, and our world. The method of peacemaking is my third point. 1781, give you a little history. Ben Franklin wrote to John Adams, Blessed are the peacemakers, is, I suppose, for another world. In this world, they are frequently cursed. And so I dug a little bit because I was rusty on my history. And that was right after the Revolution War. On November 30, 1782, the American commissioners appointed by Congress to negotiate peace settlements 
with Great Britain, signed the preliminary treaty in Paris. The three commissions, commissioners, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and John Jay, had all participated in, in this negotiation. But it was, it was Franklin who had set the framework for the ultimate and happy result. The news of the American and French victory at Yorktown in October of 1781 reached Paris on November 20th, and the city burst into celebration. But the path to the peace treaty was long and frustrating. King George III was not about to break up the British Empire, and he absolutely refused to recognize American independence. Before the news of Yorktown arrived, an aging and ill Benjamin Franklin had written Congress that he wished to be relieved of his commission of envoy to France. When he received the appointment to the Peace Commission, he agreed to remain in France, but he warned John Adams that, I have never known a peace made, even the most advantageous, that was not censored as inadequate and to make con condemned as in justious or corrupt. And then he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, is, I suppose, to be understood in the other world, for in this they are frequently cursed. Peacemaking can get messy. It can take time. It can take a lot of emotional energy. Maybe you can remember a time that you put forth a lot of energy to make peace and it didn't, it didn't go as you planned. Picture with me a stream. And in this stream there's tons of little rocks. I've been to one of these. And in the bottom of these, in the bottom, they're all laying through the bottom of this river. And you need to cross this stream. The journey is needed. And the current is strong. And you start walking across. Do you know what it's like walking on, walking on slippery rocks? It's pretty amusing. You will slip. More than likely, you will. There's a risk. You will probably fall. And you might get hurt. And you might even get bruised. But it's needed. Take that and apply that to peacemaking. It may be slippery. You may get bruised. You may get wet. But you have to do it. Turn to Romans 12. Verse 18. Romans 12, verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Clear command. We are to live at peace with everyone. There are those that come to mind that are contentious types of people that go around through life picking fights liking to pick on everyone it is hard to find peace with these kind of people are you known to be 
a person that can get along with people? What would your neighbor say about you? Are we people that are easy to get along with, peaceable? Does this mean that we have to? Does this mean that we have to agree with everything they say and do? No. Common phrase: Sometimes we agree to disagree agreeably. God wants us to build His kingdom. What steps, what methods can we employ to actively reconcile people to God and to one another? And I have four steps here under this point. First step, very most important one, is talk to God. It is crucial to talk to the Lord about what I've done, about what people have done to me, especially before I go and talk to them. The Lord may show you a deeper need in that relationship that may that may have caused the problem. The Lord can also show you maybe what part of responsibility you had in that situation. Maybe you said the wrong words, maybe your behavior was wrong or your attitude. God will show that to you. This could be hindering the reconciliation that the Lord would like to take care of. Even if the other person is 95% wrong and I am 5% wrong, I still have to confess my error. And that is when the conflict is surrender to God. Step two, take the first step, not meaning go back to step one, but take the first step, initiate it. Go to whoever you need to make peace with. Matthew 5:23 and 24 are familiar verses. Therefore, if they, it's talking about coming to the altar, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come offer thy gift. Indicating that peace with the brother more important than an offering to the Lord. You are to make the first move. Peacemaking takes initiative. Conflict is never resolved accidentally. First step may be a phone call, a visit, or a letter. Whatever it takes, don't wait. Do it. Someone has wronged you, or you have wronged someone. Take care of it today. Don't wait. Third step tell the other person how you feel. 
when we take the first step, we initiate it. Let's remember the words of Solomon and Paul. Proverbs 15.1 A gentle answer turneth away anger, but harsh words stir up wrath. Ephesians 4.29 No rotten talk can, should come forth from your mouth, but only that which is good to build someone up or that someone in need. If we keep that in mind, when we make the first step to approach someone, that'll be ten steps ahead of coming with our guns loaded. Empathize with their feelings. Consider the situation. They're different. Their upbringing may be different. Their surroundings are different. We all get framed by different things. Consider the situation. Another thing to remember is don't attack attack the problem, don't attack the person. Clarify, don't confront. And cooperate as much as possible. And emphasize reconciliation, not resolution. Reconciliation is more crucial than being right. The fourth step, stop talking about people who hurt you to other people. It is when we like talking about the person instead of talking to the person. There's nothing more that can disqualify you in peacemaking is when you are spreading rumors about that person. There's an old Spanish proverb Whoever gossips to you will gossip, gossip of you. Be very careful in your talk of other people. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it loving? Are you being considerate? Those are the four steps to helping. Going to my fourth point, the mantle of peacemaking. When we put forth effort at making peace, that is when the recognition that will far exceed anything that we can describe. If we look at the latter part of Matthew 5, verse 9, you shall be called the children of God. That is the recognition that we will get if we make peace. There are some translations that use the word sons instead of children. I am going to stick with the word children. The word called in these in this verse has a meaning to be officially designated as holding a particular rank or office. Jesus is saying that those who are peacemakers will be known and recognized as they are the children of God. A child is one who is part of a family. If you are a child of God, you are part of God's family. If you are part of my family, you you bear probably some of my image. You may even act like me some. Um, if we're a child of God, are we 
bearing the image of God? Are we acting like God? Do we bear a family resemblance and reputation as we're children of God? Do we share in Christ's mission and ministry in peacemaking? Can people in your life recognize that? Are you actively helping people to find peace? Are you involved in putting two neighbors on speaking terms? Are you involved in restoring unity within a family? Are you making amends with a brother or a sister? Again, there's the opposite of troublemakers. There are people who are mean spirits, stir up strife, always in the middle of a conflict. Does that sound like peacemaking? No. Let's zero it in a little more. Does character thrive on spreading rumors and gossip of others? Are we constant formulating discontent? Do we find joy and report of trouble and scandal? These character traits, if you have them, do not work very well with peacemaking. Could it be that troublemakers create a conflict in their external world because of an, of an internal strife that they have? There is hope that can change. I came across a poem by Paula Finn. I'm going to read it. Lately things haven't been quite right between us. We've allowed some negative feelings to build up and those unexpressed feelings have kept us from being as close as we could be. We need to trust our love enough to share the truth to express criticism as well as praise, to be honest about our disappointments as well as our hope, to communicate our hurts and frustrations rather than keeping them inside. We have to find ways to put into words what we need from each other so the other person can find ways to give it. And we need to be, and we need to be realistic in our expectation and remember that no one person can ever meet them all. We have to talk one more freely about our own feelings and listen more sensitively to each other's. To realize that feelings are neither right nor wrong, but they are all important, and that our differences can really be strengths if we bring them out into the open and work together to solve them. It would take effort and courage on both our parts but we need to realize that keeping anger inside will only make it stronger and will cause us to hurt each other even more. We have to talk. I'm not quite sure how to begin, but I know we must. You must change to experience the rewards and benefits of Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Very kingdom fundamental. If you want to be part of God's kingdom, this is fundamental. 
0.5 the must of peacemaking the radicalness of Christ's call to peacemaking demands a radical remaking of human personality this is why the world is never able to give you the peace that Jesus can give you you must first experience God love and peace in your own life before you can give it to someone else peacemaking begins with an experience of peace in our own hearts we have to experience it ourselves it has to be personal Paul in his letters would often begin grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ notice the word grace precedes peace we have to experience that grace that Christ has held out to us then we can experience that peace do you ever find the order reversed it doesn't appear that peace comes before grace we have to know peace ourselves before we can make peace in our relationships and help others to find peace closing the Fort Worth Star Telegram once reported that firefighting the firefighters in Genoa, Texas were accused of deliberately setting more than 40 destructive fires when caught they stated we have nothing to do we had nothing to do. We just wanted to get the red lights flashing and the bells clanging. The job of the firefighter is to put out fires, not start them. The job of the Christian is to resolve conflict, not start conflict. Do you know the peacemaker? Have you come into a relationship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace? God is looking for peacemakers. God wants peacemakers in his kingdom. There is much war. There is much strife. There is much pain in this world. Are you ready to hold out hope to those who are lost in this dark world?